know how often you guys think about church, but we worship God and it's weird. Um, and I think we need to make some changes as church. That's what I'm going to say and that's what I'm going to start off with today. And um, I fully expect you guys to follow me with everything I, I'm saying right now and you need to follow me for what I'm doing. First off, the changes we need to make not, not, aren't just here, but we need to change the whole church, the whole world, okay? So follow me, trust me, and first off, I don't, we've been calling ourselves the Church of Christ since Bible times. Well, this isn't even Bible times anymore. This is America. So I think we should be called the Church of America. Obviously, we don't live in the Bible anymore. We live in the USA. So starting today, we are the Church of America because we're Americans before anything else. You guys know that, right? Um, and, and lastly, I've asked our, our leaders to start every service with a prayer to, you know, obviously, America, Joe Biden. We got to start, all of our prayers are going to Joe Biden. Um, uh, no, no, then we're going to start every service. We're going to start every service with the Pledge of Allegiance. What do you want me to teach? The, oh, the Bible. The Bible is what we believe. I got some Bible for you then. All right. No more Church of America. Since you want some. First John for. Four first six verses, if you will. Read these with me. I'm out of the ESV version, and then we'll talk about what just happened, I promise. First John 4, 1 through 6. Beloved, do not believe every spirit, but test the spirits to see whether they are from God. For many false prophets have gone out into the world. By this you know the Spirit of God. Every spirit that confesses that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh is from God. And every spirit that does not confess Jesus is not from God. This is the spirit of the Antichrist, which you have heard was coming and is now in the world already. Little, little children, you are from God and you have overcome them. For he is in, who is in you is greater than he who is in the world. They are from the world and therefore they speak from the world, and the world listens to him. We are from God. Whoever knows God listens to us, and whoever is not from God does not listen to us. By this we know the spirit of truth and the spirit of error. 1 John chapter 4, 1-6, through 6, that's out of the ESV version for me. Well, maybe I shouldn't be trying to start the Church of America. <laughs> what do you guys think? Uh, kind of a big oof there, right? Maybe that's not the point. I hope you guys can recognize I was messing with you. I was like, man, if there's guests here, they're going to leave in the first 35 seconds and never get to the point. I was messing with you, right? We're not going to be the Church of America. And I, I'm I was hoping somebody else would step up and say, Harold, what are you doing? But... Bill was a plant. He was in the audience to stop me if I started going too far. But were you guys getting a little uncomfortable? You probably knew I was messing with you, right? But that's good. I'm glad you trust me to some degree. 
But here's the thing. If I was to start a church that was the Church of America, what would that be based on? Well, the world, the truth of the world, right? America was never promised in the Bible. It wasn't promised by God. The Word of God trumps our Americanness, right? And so that's why I picked on that example. And I could pick on a lot of examples, but that was just the one I choose. I chose. So you might have been terrified by that. You might have been laughing along. I don't know. That's up to you. But the scary thing is, things like this do happen in the church. In America, across the globe, wherever you might be. And it might not be the topic of patriotism or whatever it was I was trying to make up there. But things can creep into the church that are of the world, and they're there for generations upon generations. And sometimes we don't ever check the Spirit. We don't ever check the teachings. And that's exactly what John is talking about to the Christians here in John chapter 4. If you've been with us here the past month or so, I've been doing a sermon series textually out of the book of 1 John. So I've just been going chapter by chapter, sharing what John is sharing. And this book and the following two books as well that are short are just letters to the Christians. Letters from John, who was the, the apostle and follower of Christ, to Christians. But these are written pretty late in John's life, most of us can figure out. Um, and so these are probably letters written to second-generation Christians. Letters written to Christians who have never seen Jesus face-to-face, but they hear the stories, and their parents have told them of Christianity and following Christ. And so we have a lot of uh, similarities to the Christians that are being written to in 1 John. We've read the stories that have been passed down, and we know the truth in them, but we've never seen them face to face. And so that's who John's writing to, and he comes out of, of the gate here in chapter 4, talking about testing the spirits, testing the teaching. In this book of love, he spends some time talking about testing the spirits. He's challenging us to watch out for false prophets, isn't he? But what does he mean when when he says right away in the first first line of chapter 4, he says, do not believe every spirit, but test the spirits to see whether they are from God. What does he mean by that? Does he mean to go up to the liquor store and test the spirit? I thought that the first time I read it. Maybe a little immature, right? But no, that's not what he means. He doesn't mean go up to the liquor store and test the spirits. He means to analyze the teachings. That might be a little more American way of saying it, right? Think about what's being taught to you. See, the word here for spirits doesn't mean what you get at the liquor store. It means the teachings that are being said as if they're the truth. The teachings from the prophet in the preacher. So today, you can test my spirit. Today, you can stop me when I start to say random stuff about the Church of America, right? So basically, it's analyzing what's being taught. So in preaching this, I give you guys full permission to analyze and correct my teaching and preaching, right? Because that's exactly what John is saying to do. He's saying, watch your teachers and watch your preachers and make sure it's true. Make sure it's aligning with God's truth. See if what your prophet or teacher is saying is in the Word. 
for our terms, right? Just see if it fits with the Bible. But like I said last week, there's kind of only two teams, right? I said last week, you're either on God's team or you're on Satan's team. And that's no exception for our teachers and preachers, is it? That's kind of what John is getting into here in the first few verses. He says, there's two teams, and in verse 2 or two and 3, he says, we know the Spirit of God, and we know the Spirit of the Antichrist. He doesn't list a third one. He doesn't list an in-between one. He just lists two teams, and he says, God's or the Antichrist. So God or Satan, right? God or Satan. In verse 2 and 3, let me read them again for you. He says, to test the spirits, and then he says, by this you know the Spirit of God. Every spirit that confesses that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh Jesus is not from God. That, this is the spirit of the Antichrist, which you heard was coming and is now in the world already. Basically, John is saying you can identify whose team they're on based upon what they look like, right? If they don't confess God and they don't say uh, Jesus is the Son of God, they're the opposite team. But if they do, they're on God's team. There's two teams, for God or against him. Basically, simply put, are you teaching the gospel or are you teaching the world? So when you sit there and you analyze me and you say, is Harold a good preacher or not? I don't care your answer, but I do care if you say Harold teaches the gospel or the world. Because I always want to be on the gospel side, don't I? I always want to be teaching the gospel. It's funny to me that John is the one writing this. Because, if you will, turn with me for just a minute back to the beginning of the New Testament to Mark chapter 9. Matthew, Mark, Luke. Mark chapter 9. And we have some teaching of Jesus here. Verses 38 through 40 is the words of Jesus after John asks him a question, right? So John and Jesus are talking. Verse, uh, let's go ahead and read verse 38 here just to get us caught up. John said to him, Teacher, we saw someone casting out demons in your name, and we tried to stop him because he was not following us. But Jesus said, Do not stop him, for no one who does a mighty work in my name will be able to soon after, afterward to speak evil of me. For the one who is not against us is for us. For truly I say to you, whoever gives a cup of water to drink because of you belong to Christ and will by no means lose his reward. That was Mark chapter 9, verses 38 through 41. John is writing the book of John, and I think while he's writing about these two teams and testing the spirits, He's thinking back to that one time that Jesus said, you're either for us or you're against us. John is remembering fondly many years ago now, in my opinion, right? Many years ago when Jesus Christ himself said, there's only two teams. And John's putting that right back in to what he's saying here in 1 John about testing the spirits. In 1 John chapter 4. So he's sharing that same truth that Jesus shared years before. 
Are you either proclaiming the gospel or you're proclaiming the world? You're either of God or of the Antichrist, as John would say here. And he shares that there will be teachers of both teams. Did you catch that? Verse 4, little children, you are who are from God and over, overcome them, for he who is in you is greater than he who is in the world. Verse 5, they are from the world, therefore they speak the world, and the world listens to them. John is not only saying that there's two teams, but he's saying there's prophets for both teams. There's preachers preaching both ways, if you will, if we're going to use the preacher term. He's saying there is those that will continue to share the ways of the world, and the world will listen to them. But you're not going to listen to them, because you are set apart. You're different. You listen to the teaching of God's truth, and you listen to us. That's what John says. He says, you listen to us. Now, I kind of struggled through that verse there for a minute. That's verse 6. We are from God. Whoever knows God listens to us. Whoever is not from God does not listen to us. I had to think about that for a second, but who's John talking about here? Talking about the colleagues in him, I guess you could say, right? He's talking about the apostles and the teachers of Christ at this time. He's talking about Matthew, Mark, Luke, probably Paul, all these people that have become evangelists for the good news, the gospel. And he's saying, you can listen to us, you can trust us to share God's side, to share not the world. But there's some conviction in that too, isn't there? Whenever we read that you can listen to us because um, we know God and you know God, there's a conviction for those of us who speak on behalf of God every Sunday, especially to speak only God. Because if I want to be in the us group there, I want to be like the apostles, not like the world. But our God has a truth that's worth listening to. It's been given to us in the Bible and it's been given to us by the apostles. And I want to be a part of that us. I don't want to be a part of that world. Now remember, this is probably an encouragement to the second generation Christians, right? They've probably needed to hear a little bit about all of these false teachers that are surrounding them. Think about their culture, probably a lot like ours today. There's probably a lot of philosophies and teachings floating around in the world, and they're probably getting a little discouraged trying to figure out what the truth is. But John is saying, Jesus is the truth. Listen to us and the apostles. And now, is through us. So I find that pretty encouraging as well. The teachings are written down. The apostles' letters have been penned and then put into a concise book for us. Think about it. We still listen to the us of the apostles. We have books and letters from them to churches. And so this is encouraging for us as well to this day. So test the spirits, not up at the liquor store, but the teaching. Test the teachings of your preacher. Test the teachings of those who comment on your Facebook feed with all of this biblical knowledge. Test it. I love looking through Facebook and it causing me to switch apps over to the Bible app and see if something's true. I love that because it can be. 
and that's cool. But it also can't be, and we need to check it. Because spirits are living on the devices just as much as they are in word, in person today, right? But this whole letter is not about testing the spirits. 1 John is about love. (laughs) We've been talking about love in like three different ways here for the past few weeks. So why does John take a little break in the middle of talking about love to talk about judging your preachers and making sure they're saying the right thing? Kind of weird, isn't it? Why does John take a break in the middle to tell me not to start the Church of America? Why does he do that? Well, I think this letter is still I ended here in Luke chapter, or or 1 John chapter 4. I ended at verse 6. So I want to keep reading here in verse 7. And I know this is going to be a big chunk to read, but I want to read through the end of the chapter. Because I want to give us the context of this whole letter that John is writing. He says, test the spirits, and then immediately goes back to love. Let's read here verse 7 through 21. I know it's a big chunk, but we can do it. Beloved, let us love one another, for love is from God, and whoever loves has been born of God and knows God. Anyone who does not love does not know God, because God is love. In this, that the love of God was made manifest among us, that God sent his only Son into the world, so that we might live through him. In this is love. Not that we have loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son to be the perpetuation for our sins. Verse 11. Beloved, if God so loved us, we also ought to love one another. No one has ever seen God, but if we love one another, God abides in us and his love is perfected in us. By this we know that we abide in him and he is in us, because he has given us his spirit. And we have seen and testified that the Father has sent his Son to be the Savior of the world. Whoever confesses that Jesus is the Son of God, God abides in him, and he in God. So we have come to know and we believe the love that God has for us. God is love, and whoever abides in love abides in God, and God abides in him. By this love perfected in us, that we may have confidence for the day of judgment, because as he is, so also are we in this world. There is no fear in love, but perfect love casts out fear. Fear has, for fear has to do with punishment, and whoever fears has not been perfected in love. We love because he first loved us. If anyone says, I love God and hates his brother, he is a liar. For he who does not love his brother whom he has has seen, cannot love God whom he has not seen. And this commandment we have from him, whoever loves God must also love his brother. 1 John chapter 4, verses 7 through 21. We're back to love again, aren't we? Obviously, he spends a big time talking about love. But he was just talking about testing your preacher, testing the spirits testing those who are telling you things. He goes back to love. And he says in this whole section, to sum it up to a few words, love your neighbor, love your brothers, love everyone because God loved you a whole lot. That's putting it really simple, right? 
But why did he talk about testing the spirits right before that? Well, see, when I read this, verses 1 through 6, and I read this, verses 7 through 21, remember, this is all one letter. It wasn't broken up. I think this is the same topic. And I think a lot of times preachers will say, ah, here's a sermon on verses 6, or all the way 1 through 6, and then next week say, ah, here's a sermon on verses 7 through the end. Sermon on spirits and a sermon on love. But I just couldn't do that. I couldn't do that because I think they're one and the same. I think why John's saying test the spirits and test the teachers is because he wants us to love our brothers. Think about it. If I loved you guys and I see somebody trying to evangelize to you the Church of America over the Church of Jesus Christ, true love for me would be to step in and show you that Jesus is better than America. True love for my brother is to not let him be held captive by false teachers. True love for God is to not let myself be held captive by false teachers. True love for God and His gospel message is not to let, it, let myself be caught up in all of the things of the world being taught, but back to the gospel. So why does he talk about testing the spirits in the middle of a book of love? Because I think it's out of love that we test our teachers. I think it's out of love that you can come up to me afterwards and tell me, Harold, you're wrong. Look at this scripture. And Terry does that during Bible class every other time, so thank you for that. Now, she did it this morning. She said, uh, Jesus uh, didn't fall under the weight of his cross. Got to look that up in the Bible. It's true. We need to test our teachers, no matter if they're up front or in the back or on Facebook or wherever. But we do it out of love because we want to help our brothers. We want to help know God's gospel. So we test the spirits. We test our preachers and teachers and everything being shared. But I don't want to end right there. I want to get into chapter 5 just a little bit too. Because what I think John does is in the first few verses of chapter 5, he brings all of these topics back together. He brings loving our brothers and testing the spirits back together with overcoming the world. So 1 John chapter 5, I promise I'll only read the first five verses and this will be it for today, scripture-wise. 1 John 5, verses 1 through 5. Everyone who believes that Jesus is the Christ has been born of God. He kind of just said that in the spirits part, didn't he? He said there's only two teams. But everyone who believes that Jesus Christ has been born of God, and everyone who loves the Father loves whoever has been born of him. By this we know that we love the children of God when we love God and obey his commandments. For this is the love of God, that we keep his commandments, and his commandments are not burdensome. For everyone who has been born of God overcomes the world, and this is the victory that has overcome the world, our faith. Who except the one who believes that Jesus is the Son of God? You might have noticed in there the verse that we, verses that we started with is our opening scriptures this morning, right? The ones we said together. John is bringing this all back together and saying, how can you overcome the world? How can you overcome false teachers? Well, 
Love your brother, right? He says that right away. Love your brother because how can you not love someone so loved by God? But also remember the fact that God loves us so much he gave us commandments. But his commandments are not burdensome. Have you ever reflected on that verse before? I think a lot of times uh, we want to build churches and put up on the front wall, follow God and his commandments, they're burdensome. Because <laughs> we have that attitude sometimes, don't we? But God's commandments are not burdensome. Why? Because they're out of love. They might be challenging at times. We might be called to take up our cross daily like Luke chapter 9 we talked about this morning. We might be challenged, but they're not burdensome because they're out of love. And that's exactly what John is writing to us and to the teachers around us. Challenge the spirits out of love. Love your brother and love one another because this is how you overcome the world. And the world is Satan. The world is the Antichrist, as John would say it, right? Those are synonymous with each other. This is how you overcome the world and you follow Christ. So reflect on that this week. Think about those teachings that you hear in the world. Think about how it's all about love when you correct people or when you listen and choose what to listen to. It's all about loving yourself and following the path of God and loving your brother. So Christians, let's continually love and, that, and let's test the spirits so we don't get led astray. Love you guys.